Yeah, we've almost doubled. And and we've come from we've come from uh, not having a place of our own to having a place of our own. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, come from not even knowing whether we was going to do it to actually doing it. And uh, I think I've had a great time this last year. I really have. And uh, the best things about that I've got to do is this uh, this entire thing to me is an experiment, and it's you know. I was a denominational pastor and, and a non-denominational pastor, and I've pastored in this church and that church and and here and there. But I've always just been a a, a hired a hired pastor, and uh, you know you kind of come into a church that's pre-established and got its own vision, you know, and people got their own ways, and you just don't walk in and blow that up and go to live in your dream amongst a hundred people's dreams, you know, or whatever. You kind of start steering that ship slowly in the direction as a leader that you want it to go. But one time in my life, I wanted to try to just do it my way and just be completely free, owe, owe nobody nothing. Uh, and so this was, uh, I'd asked God for the opportunity, and I finally just got brave enough to take that opportunity. So I called people together that I knew loved me. That's And to this very moment, uh, that's who I surround myself with. I knew this group of people loved me. I knew that they valued me. And I thought that's who I want to be surrounded by for a while. It's not, it's not church politics, but just people that, that love me, value me, people whom I love and value. And let's just get together and form a gathering because I don't like the concept of going to church. I am the church. You are the church. The church goes. We go to a building. You know, a lot of places you go, they get all upset about what you might do or not do in the building, but then they'll take the actual biblical church outside and put all kind of crap in it, <laughs> you know, from the TV, from the bottle, from the whatever, you know, from the needle, whatever, you know, so you, so you lose concept that you are the church if you, if you go to church. So we don't do that. We gather together. So, so the, so I have been surrounding myself with this group of people. And to be honest with you, it's been the best year of ministry of my life. And I've had a lot of great years of ministry. Uh, and I think it's, I think that what we're doing is very impactful. I think we're taking time to form relationships. I know that, uh, Dina and Kenny didn't know Sherry and Earl real well, but I, over the last year, they know of each other and stuff, but y'all formed a good relationship and made new friends, and I've watched it happen, watched it grow from that first awkward Sunday where Jess would just be looking off out into nowhere. And, <laughs> <laughs> and thinking about whatever, <laughs> having a vision, you never know. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway uh, uh, watch all those relationships grow and get closer. And of course, I, I, I talked to Eric and, 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 and uh, Nick, and I, I know these two guys love me. And I know, I know them, and I've known them since, I've known him since he's a child. And we've known each other since our 20s. And, and uh, we've been, I know that as everybody gets to know this, the, the new people, you're going to love them because they're just like us and, and they're fantastic. And I know as you get to know the other side of the table, you're going to love them uh, because they're fantastic and, and the most generous group of people. And I'm really, really enjoying seeing how this is, uh, how we've accomplished starting once again to not, even though we're doing it on our phones, it's to a purpose. Uh, we're in a generation that has better relationship with a telephone than with an individual human. You know, and, and, and they depend a lot on this for their identity. 
And we're trying to break out of that a little bit. And I love the way, though, that y'all are pitching in and working together to get things done. You know, like, hey, if your power's off or if your plumbing needs fixed or if you're whatever. I've watched you guys in our group me group uh, solving each other's problems over the past few days. And that's what this is about. You know, it's about community. It's about bringing together a group of people. And I, I really want to say uh, this group of individuals uh, exceeded my expectations over this past year and has formed a community that is much tighter and more beautiful than I really originally conceived it would be. And I'm excited about the future of this. But I don't, I mean, numbers are great and, and the community being larger, I'm thrilled with. But the, the idea of it being closely knit and being in, and grounded in the truth and all of that's much more important. I don't want to be overcome by, by so much change that uh, we fail to know each other. I, I may have told this. I know I told it. I think I was in a conversation with Tracy. Uh, I might have been this church here. I don't know. I have so many conversations. But either way, uh, last church I pastored, I was up in the, I went to the hospital. One of my church members was an older lady and had diabetes. Her legs were being amputated that day. She said on the right side of the building, a building that would only hold 100 people, and there were about 50 people in this church when, when I took it, and this was a couple months after I took this church to pastor it. Anyway, Louise, the lady who I went to see in the hospital, said on the right-hand side of the building, and there was a Lois that sat on the other side of the building, okay? Well, I was at the hospital to see Louise, and Lois come walking by and said, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm here for Miss Louise today. You know she's getting her legs amputated today, and I'm here to, to, to pray with her before she goes into surgery and spend some time with her. And she said, Louise who? And I said, Louise, uh, Bradley, it sits on the other side of the building from you. And she, uh, she said, no idea who Louise Bradley is. And they'd been in the same church of 50 people for four years four years, and didn't even know each other. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. How is this possible? But see, that type scene is absolutely not what I'm trying to accomplish. That, that I don't even know how that could happen under the leadership that was there before me. That was there before me for 10 years. But And uh, basically, I blew that up. Uh, I took that swiftly. I grew that church from 50 people to 15. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I swiftly grew that church from 50 people to 15, and then that 15, they were the right people. And then we brought it back up at one point to 80 or 90, and then the COVID hit, and I said, I, I think I'll go home right now. And I handed it over to another dude. But either way, either way, I love what I'm doing, and I want to say thank you for for having uh, enough confidence and faith and you guys have carried the weight of it being a weekly thing. I mean, you know, it don't happen when there's just six or seven of us or 12 in the beginning and 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 two or three are, 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 not, are not available and stuff. It don't happen unless it would have been for the faithfulness of that core group, that first group. And I want to thank I want to thank you for your faithfulness to this mission and your openness to it because, I know that I took you a, a couple of you out of a functioning church. I, you're the only couple that I called that were actually attending church. When I when I come back, everybody else was not actually attending church. So I didn't want to like, uh, you know, 
hurt nobody's church, so I didn't tell nobody. I just called people that I knew were churchgoers that just weren't going, you know, and brought them in. So it's been a fantastic year of success. Today's mostly going to be about celebrating that success. A couple of, a couple of weeks ago, I read to y'all uh, a passage of scripture. I think it was this group. <laughs> I've spoke two or three places lately, but uh, time and a place for everything, a time and a season, okay? And there's a time to celebrate. And today's it's time to celebrate that we made it a year, and that's pretty much what we're going to do. But I do got some scripture I'm going to give you in a minute and an idea I want you to carry out of here that corresponds with what we're doing today. And uh, uh, But first, what we can do is we can find out where everybody's at in their life right now. And if there's any needs or if there's any praise, so prayer, praise, whatever you want to bring to the table today. When I say praise, I mean, you know, if you got something, God's answered. You've been, you've been here long enough. You've been asking for prayers. And if God's answered some of those prayers, come forward with that testimony because it builds the faith of others. Uh, God's, the book of James, God, Jesus' own brother writes, you know, you have not because you ask not. And a lot of times uh, we fail at that. I actually got a call this week from another friend of mine, uh, a, a, a very rich man, and he uh Somebody, some voodoo person got mad at him and threw a curse on him and, uh, he, and, and literally called him on the phone and, and put some kind of voodoo curse on him and his businesses. And immediately, uh, he owns a lot, but one of the things he owns is a car wash, you know, Osceola. And immediately, uh, his car wash started getting robbed, robbed constantly, robbed for all kinds of stuff, pulling stuff off the walls and carrying it off with it. And she, he thinks it has something to do with the curse. And I... I, I, I stopped him and I said, I said, uh, 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 Greg, I said, uh, what, uh, have you ever blessed your property? And uh, he said, what are you talking about? I said, have you ever blessed your property? Have you ever stood on it and said, I bless this in Jesus' name? The stuff that you have dominion over, the stuff that's yours. I said, your wife, your home, your children, your grandchildren, have you blessed them? Have you spoke it out of your mouth that it's your desire for them to be blessed? Have you spoke it out of your mouth that it's your desire for your personal material property, your home, your fence line, your house, your car, your all your skidsters, your business? And he owns, he's, he's in the metal industry and out there in, in Blytheville and he owns a metal company of some kind. I have no idea what he does, but... It's, I guess, important. I have no idea. But he said, no, I haven't. And, you know, so, and I've got, uh, and he said, how do I defeat this curse? And I took him over to Matthew 5, which we talked about here the last few weeks, to pray for your enemies and bless those that curse you. Uh -huh. Yeah, and, and, and love those that despitefully use you. And I said, if you want out of this curse, bless and pray for the person that is giving it to you. And he's like, what? I won't twist their head off. And, and uh, you know, I got them on camera. I found out where their house is at. And he's sending me pictures of their house. And I said, now, if you fight this physically, then you'll get the results of that. And I said, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do is bring you down to that level and cause you to wind up in court and in law and, and, and all this. And I said, if you'll just listen to me, and do what I do what God says. And I'm reading, I said, do what the page in the Bible says. I said, the outcome will be right every time. And so, so that's that's uh that's a thing. 
we got to bless, we got to pray. And then whenever, when get, whenever God answers our prayers, uh, we got to ask, we got to speak out loud. It, it makes it real. It's in the spirit realm when it's in your mind. When it was in my mind to have y'all create something here a couple weeks ago, when it that was just in my spirit. That was just in my mind. Okay, I had to bring it out of my mind through words. And that's when we talked about the power of words and how and how we are creators like God. God created the worlds with his words. Well, I created that Sunday with my words, and y'all created your things with your creative ability also. But at the same time, then you're going to, as you as you make a prayer request known as we speak these prayer requests, as we bless one another, and as we praise God for answering these prayers, it makes, it creates reality. It bends the physical world. The physical world bends to the spiritual world. The spiritual world is much more powerful and much more uh, eternal, alive, and everything else than this physical world. This physical world is actually the bottom of the barrel, guys. I don't know if y'all know that, but this this physical world is where where Satan is the god of it, and uh, uh, Jesus Himself calls Satan the god of this world and prince and power of the air, right out of His own mouth. So we're just down here in this place where, like, God throwed Satan out of heaven when He rebelled. And he throwed us into the same place when we turned our back on him. Now, the reason we get rope thrown thrown to us, I've explained this to you. The reason we get rope thrown to us, God trying to save us, is because none of us chose to be born into this mess. None of us chose to back away like our fathers did. So God gives us a chance at redemption, and that's what the whole thing, the whole scene of Christ Jesus is: is that redemption that God's give us, because it wouldn't be right to let a human soul be born into an already predetermined judgment without that human soul being individual, you, I, having a chance for redemption to get out of this mess. Then God can judge this mess in the end and, and be righteous in judging it and, and do to the wicked whatever he's going to do to the wicked. <coughs> and it's in his interest to stop sin. And every one of y'all need to know what sin is. We, we Christians don't sin because it's, you know, uh, some kind of rule. The idea of sin is that it is a behavior, an action, a word, a thought even, that is destructive to either yourself or somebody else. If it is something that destroys, it is sin. It'll destroy a marriage if you run out and you sleep with a man's wife. It'll destroy a child if you abuse that child. You know, it'll it, that's sin. It's always involved. It always involves destruction, okay? And that destruction's what God's interested in stopping. So, so I don't know where that come from, but it did. So, so as we as we bring our prayer request in, uh, and our praise reports into the table this morning, let's uh, just have at it. Have at it. Anybody got something we need to be praying about or? Something you're going to say God's done for you? Earl. Here a while back, I had to have my gold seed implant. Yeah. Well, my heart was running 36 feet per minute. Yeah. Well, and they couldn't figure out why and couldn't get it straightened out. So uh, I had an appointment to go see my cardiologist. He's a good man. Well, that night, 
And I didn't just pray. I was in this guy. Mm-hmm. And my heart rate went up to 60 to 70. And they've got my blood pressure running like 128 over 60. Perfect. Perfect. So you went from plumb off the charts to, to... They were actually thinking I was fixing to go. What, 36 beats a minute? You're just a few seconds from going. Yeah. <laughs> you and, know, uh, you can't keep... And they, there was, they couldn't find nothing wrong. That's because you're just too mellowed. You mellowed plum out, man. He needs a hot shot. He had a hot shot. Yeah, get you one of them tasers, and when he slows down, just speed him back. It's been that way ever since. And like I said, I didn't just pray. I got in the presence of God. There you go. Well, that's what you call praying through. There's a difference in praying and 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 just knowing that God hears you, and there's a difference in praying and knowing that God heard you. Yeah. Well, uh, you're present and you know that He touched you. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Well, praise the Lord, Earl. Yeah. I'm glad the Lord solved that problem, and we were all praying about that problem. And and that's answered prayers. What else today do we got to bring to the table? The other day, uh, I I let myself slip off. I was, I was, well, what I've done is I've opened up an avenue in my life to where I quit being kind for a second, just for a hot minute, and uh, I bent all the reality around me, and there's no coming back from what I did, and uh, I've got a lot of enemies now because of what I did, and I'm like tripping because I don't even want to come back to where I was at, I don't even want nothing to do with them. And uh, I'm on the verge of taking everybody and just getting rid of them and uh, just starting over again. So that's what I'm tripping on. So what I know where it happened because I'm sitting there trying to be in the spirit. And whenever I've had all I can hear, I go outside and the fight follows me. And that's when I let the toehold catch in. And that's when I let it all just go. And, uh, and I don't even want to go back to where I was at. The thing to do is to, and this is the this first thing that pops up in my spirit. And, you know, I believe I'm, be still. Uh, anytime you're in a situation where there's the potential for knee-jerk, knee-jerk reactions, and anytime you're dealing with things that finalize something, you know, the end of it. You're cutting the source off. You're cutting the, the head off or whatever. And it's not, going, it's not going to exist no more. Never do that hastily. Always be still. Because this is the way I found God working in my own life. A lot of times, I, even, even, even there will be outside pressures. Like my wife will be wanting me to make action to fix something. Or to do something. And I'm, I'm under the feeling like... I'm just going to be still. And I find a lot of times that that if I will just be still, it says, he that waits upon the Lord, you know, uh, will, will, will experience the Lord. So wait on the Lord. Be still and wait on the Lord and see what happens because I will tell you, if you will choose to be still and wait, 
and listen for what God has and whatever situation this is. And I think you hinted at it and, and I think I understand it. But if you wait on the Lord, watch what God does and he will figure out a way that this unwinds and, and comes to uh, truth and is handled properly without your efforts. So chill and wait on the Lord. Chill and wait on the Lord. Be patient. Don't you let God handle what needs to be handled. Your enemies, pray for your enemies. Love your enemies. Despise, uh, bless those that curse you. Okay, that's what that's what the book says. And what you've got to do is you've got to chill, relax. And, I mean, is it something that's going to cost you a bunch of money between now and tomorrow? No, well, today. Okay, well then today, don't worry about it. No. Today, don't worry about it. This is supposed to be my sermon. Listen to what I got to teach today. It may be just for you. It may be why God brought this here today after hearing this perplexity coming out of you because this is deep in you. It's deep in you. You're okay, man. You're okay. <laughs> You're going to be okay. Yeah, I'm good. What else today? Bitter and hard person to deal with And she is adapting to assisted living. And she even told my sisters during the day, they get uh, kind of like monopoly money for going to activities. Mm. And she actually told my sister that, because um, she had told her she wanted to watch some racetrack game. And she said, well, I can't tonight because i got to go play bingo. She has $400 in um, funny money. That's what they call it. And so at the end of the month, they can take that funny money and uh, they have an option so they can get stuff with their funny money. And so that's a praise report because she's also eating with five ladies and she's starting to adapt to my Wonderful. Right. Wonderful. That's well. You know, older people, older people are resistant to assisted living. Although I don't think I am at this point. You are assisted living. Yeah. <laughs> I am. You've been assisted living. Bring the, bring the van by and take me to Walmart on Tuesdays. That'd be great. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Show up, knock on my door at noon, and hand me a plate of food. I'm like, okay. Meals on wheels. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know why they're tripping on it so much. But, you know, away from home, that's the thing. Yeah. It's that. It's not a vacation. It's 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 a place to wait to die. And uh, But it, but we're all doing that, actually, in, in reality all the time, so. Uh, might as well have a comfortable place to wait. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with friends, it's other friends. It's waiting. <laughs> but anyway, that's wonderful news, Sherry, that yeah. your mother's yeah. forming good relationships right here. Right here, as she's dealing with such a difficult situation. Glory to God. What else today?
Absolutely. Absolutely. That concerned us all. I was shocked, you know, because you're, you're thin as a whooper wheel. And, and, you know, it don't look like there could be any, any, you know, cardio issues or anything involved in your life. So. And you don't think about it until it happens. Yeah. Because I've never even told me that. That's shock, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. reassured me it would be all right and everything and the internal doctor came in the next day and talked to me and she told me they did they will put me on medicine to make the heart better and the left ventricle better as well so right now it's only pumping a little bit wow well we'll continue praying about that and and out of the spirit realm out of the power that is above this power lies the answer to that situation. But also out of the spirit realm, out of the power that is above this power, lies the cause of that situation. And in the spirit realm, okay, the answer has to meet the cause, not here in the world, but outside of our reach. The light, the Holy Spirit, has to overcome the darkness. Every, every disease, every sickness has darkness plugged into it, every one of them. It has that force of death behind it, and that force is not coming from light. And so then, so then, so then, those two things have to come together, but really in us, because Jesus says, the, "This is not my kingdom." He said, "My kingdom is within you." Okay, so so the kingdom of God is within us, all right, and it's a much bigger kingdom than it's outside of us, all right. I know that's. In material measurements, that that's not possible. But in reality, uh, there's a lot more spirit than there is material matter. There's a lot more spirit. Okay, so power. It's a much bigger kingdom than this one. So out of that kingdom, let those two forces, prayer, hope. Hope is an energy that you give. You give. The angels, you give the angels when you're, when I say stand and bless, if you stand, and, Eric, if you lay your hands on your wife and you bless her, I bless you in Jesus' name. You're the patriarch, okay? What that does is that empowers your words. It will not be allowed. It, the blessing will not be allowed to come until you allow it to come, until you ask it to come. But you opened up the door, you opened up the door for it to come out of the light and into the material world by your own blessings and by your own cursings. And, and, and even about how you speak about yourself. Never, never look at yourself and talk negative about yourself. Never look in the mirror. Never, because what you're doing is when you verbalize, when you speak, you create just like God. Why? Because I've taught you all, well, I've taught happyans for a year that you're in the image of God and in the likeness of God and you have dominion. And because of that dominion, the powers of darkness and the power of light want you and they want to use your dominion to create darkness or light in the world. All right, so there's that. But there's also that fact that when I stand and I declare something over myself, like if I ever stand and go, I, oh man, I'm a, such an idiot. You know what I'm doing? I'm making myself into an idiot. 
because I've declared it over myself. But you know what I stand and what I do, and it's going to sound a little bit narcissistic, and it's not because it's, I stand and I talk about, I, uh, I'm 53, I talk about how great my cardiovascular system is because I love butter. <laughs> and I, I, I'm like, I'm like, I, I bless you, heart, in the name of Jesus. I bless you, blood veins. I bless my eyes, which are starting to fail. I bless I bless my family. I bless my children. I bless y'all every week before y'all get out of here. And it, it, it changes things. I preach funerals, but I don't preach many for the people I pastor. You know, that's just the truth. So, uh, how long's it been that, that the person hadn't been 85 or 90 and just, you know, timed out? You know, it's, I, it's true. It's true. It's healing. What else? Protection from the weather coming. <clears throat> yeah, everybody's going to have to be on the road, and that'll probably be people like Donnie and Cody who's dumb enough to get out there and drive around on it and save every, all of us that has all these important things we need to get to. And, and uh, and George, who, who's who's like the the first responder guy. Please stay home. No, man, we're gonna get out. You gonna, oh, I, look? All, all you. I got, think I'm just gonna start calling George right before I leave. Come there you go. go. I'm about to take off. I'm going this direction. And, and, and if, if you don't hear from me by. But wow. You guys live for that. I've known a hundred of you first responder fire department guys, and it's like adrenaline. It's like jumping out of a plane. Y'all live for that day. Are you a first responder, Donnie? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. Hey, Donnie, I know where you can go for flags. <laughs> well, with Donnie, it depends upon what's on the buffet. <laughs> if it looks right, he'll respond first. <laughs> no. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't know him that well, but I know of him. Uh, anyway, what else today? Yeah, stay home if you don't need to get out there and, and uh, don't get yourself killed this week. But for those who do, we pray many blessings. What else today? Kenny. Kenny, let's be praying for Kenny, who's uh, working at his new job. Obviously, they got him working, Dina, because uh, he's not in the group near as much. You know, we're missing these little quirky memes and. Uh, a uh, sense of humor that he's always showing up there with. You know, he showed up once yesterday, and I know it's because he's what working twelve hours a day now, ten, ten. and uh, probably you know, learning everything that's going on and not having much time to chill. Lots of walking. Lots of walking. So, Hi, Kenny. So yeah, Kenny's hearing all this yeah, too. So we're all oh. being recorded. So. I have a praise report. Uh, all my kids, or five of my seven grandkids came to spend the night. Uh, when they all landed in there at the house, one of them was sick, running fever. Well, out of, as of, out of the five that was there, one of those, Shepherd, was going to be going back home to month-old twin sisters. I, went, I was just panicked. I was like, oh, no. Now, I mean, it was high fever that she was running. And I was just like, they've all been exposed. There's nothing I can do except pray. And I prayed for those kids, prayed over them all night long. Every time I could get my hands on them, I was praying over them, you know, just secretly hiding and praying. And my, uh, I, we ended up taking those kids, dropping them back off at their other grandparents. And the one that was sick, the next house she went to, everybody got sick. In the and next nobody house. from our household got sick. Nobody. 
she stayed at our house longer. And uh, there were other kids at the other house, too, the other side of the family. There were other cousins there. They got wiped out by Zelly's flu that she had. But in our house, me, Janet, none of the rest of our kids got sick because we asked. Because we blessed. Because we empowered the spiritual world to have the authority to, to, to get, get around us and keep that, whatever that crap is, that bacteria, they say virus, I don't believe much in virus, dead machines, I believe it's bacteria that gives us these head colds and stuff. But I'm no scientist either. Well, I'm like most people, we wait till the last minute and we were like, well, there's nothing left for me to do but pray. But if we will start on the front side of that, pray first before I before you start, you know, doing the the ibuprofen or, or whatever it is or whatever preventive you're going to try. And man, God come through. I I was I'm just giving him all the praise for that because there is no reason why every one of those kids should not have went home and in three days been running a high fever and not one of them did. No, they're swapping sippies, you know, swapping boogers, kissing each other. I mean, you know, it's five kids. We're doing the best we can to keep the furniture from getting broken, them from getting hurt. That's it. That's the only thing you can do when you got five. Is and uh, there's no rules, you know. It's all on the table in those moments. So, ain't no building no fences. They're all over each other, and and God just totally, totally takes care of us every yes. time. It's awesome. Well, it is. It's awesome living a blessed life. What else today? Uh, I want to give some praise to my wife over here for helping me be more productive. Her being more productive, wow. even though she's working second shift, we've been decently productive the last week and a half, two weeks. We're showing some progress on certain things in the house. Projects around the house. Yeah, we're trying to clean out the back, well, the middle of the barn. Yeah. Trying to do a little more, uh, I guess, homesteading material. Getting the homestead ready. Trying to find more ways to make more food. You need to do that because the economy is soon to crash. You know, right. I mean, maybe a year, maybe two, maybe three, maybe tomorrow, but we got a couple it's of obvious it's coming. We got a couple of things we're about to run a crash test through and see how it works. Awesome. So. She's been very helpful. Yes, let us know how it turns out. We will. That's Can fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I, I have something else, too. Uh, thanks, Rodney. Y'all know I can carry you. Can you help me in this? Thank God for Sherry. Me too. We thank God for Sherry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody will thank God for Sherry. She's just like a fireman. She's just ready to put out any fire that pops up. The rest of us standing there looking at it. She's like, is there anything I can do? <laughs> Every now and then we just have to find something. <laughs> She'll do things that you don't even know that she did. I know. I know. She's just that way. Love you, Sherry. Love you too, Earl. What else today? Prayers for you and Janet. I'll take all I can get. I'll take all I can get. I'm I'm blessed, and but I still, you know, human drag around this old dead leg, flop every now and then in the floor, that type of stuff. But you know, it's just part of my experience. Every bit of it makes me a better man. I embrace it. You might as well you might as well embrace whatever pain is coming your way because it is you know you're you're in life. And the concept of life without pain is, is pert near mute. 
There's going to be painful experiences all the way through this journey. It's how we do it. It's that we're traveling through all this pain and bumps and displeasure and, and betrayal and hurt and all this stuff. We've traveled through all this stuff uh, with hope, with joy, with understanding. Uh, you, if you hang around me long enough, you're going to understand why all this is going on. And really, you ain't even got to hang around me. All you got to do is pick the book up, read it, come to know it. And, uh, uh, you know, so uh, it, Christian's got his head up. And that's how God gets glory, is when you're actually going through something and that another person would just be like giving up, surrendering, complaining, murmuring. and But instead, the, the guy that knows God knows his word is like it it's gonna be all right you know they're carrying that attitude and that's uh that's uh who we are and and you know what you will be all right and if you're murmuring and complaining your life will die because <laughs> you're bringing that power to you but anyway what else today well i'm um, thankful today for jason and for crystal joining us today yeah you know, part of our group first time right Yep. Yeah. There's no time now, Donnie. So does Poland, so. What else today? Uh-oh, moment of silence. This is this is where all the bashful people feel like everybody's looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> and we all ought to. <laughs> Mess with them. <laughs> Go ahead, go. You know, it just, just, it's like, it's like pulling the, pulling the bandaid or the duct tape off, man. Right. Yeah, <laughs> all at once. Just jump in the water all at once. That's how you learn how to swim. Who learned how to swim jumping in the water all at once? I did. I heard huh? a swimmer drown. Over your head. You either live or die that day. Yeah. Get throw and You had to swim back across the creek. There you go. There you go. I learned by jumping in the deep end. I was in a Church of God youth camp with about 10-year-olds about how old I was in. And none of those 10-year-olds could swim, and you couldn't go to the uh, deep end of the pool unless you could pass a swimming test. Okay? Well, there was, they put us in this little swimming pool just about the size of this room stage. Just took about... And about a hundred all in one end. And you just couldn't, you couldn't just shoulder to shoulder in, the, in there. And the other end of the pool, the rope across it, and there's like two people over there. And they're just diving in and swimming and stuff. And after about day two, I got all that I wanted. And I just hollered at the lifeguard and I said, hey, I won't take swimming tests. Never swam before in my life. Just went boof and thought all I got to do is make it to the other side. And I swam. And then I swam back to the other side and he said, all right. You're allowed that into the pool, and that's where I learned to swim at. Got to commit. Got to do it. Sink, swim, or die. Now I've got a bad leg. I jumped in the lake to see if I could swim after brain surgery because with a dead foot, learned it good. Are, yeah. you, are you signaling me for something? No. Oh, okay. No. She keeps me in track. I try. What <laughs> you know it ain't working, but I try. Hey, I'm here today to have a good time. This is one year. This is I'm not working. I'm not working today. I'm off the clock. 
So, but I am going to do a verse of scripture when we're done here. Does anybody want to pray? Uh, prayer request. Did we get all those in? No? You just took... It's because it's long. Oh, okay. Melody, do you have something for us to pray about? No. <laughs> Are you sure? Not a dog or a cat or a chicken or anything we need to pray for? <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a definite no. Uh, you, you, who wants to pray? Any volunteers? Okay. Lord God, we give you praise for this day, for the celebration, for this one year being together. I give you praise for this family that we're growing here, and for us gathering together, Lord. And I pray that that you will touch and soften us up in our lives. And just bless our bodies, Lord, and bless our enemies. And I pray, Lord, that I will be still. And Lord God, I just want to lift you up from all of our hearts and say, Jesus, we love you in your precious name. Amen. 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 Earl, I smell them hush puppies. <laughs> Me too. And I think that you probably got you probably got one out of the grease by now, huh? <laughs> I may have to have you bring one over here so I can test it before everybody else gets dismissed from the. Well, I'm glad that you can preach on the glutton today. <laughs> Ain't none of us going to glutton today. We all going to be good. Both the bathrooms is up and running but with lights in them, so either one of them that's open, have at it. Oh, look here, guys. It's hot. This is the first batch that come out. I'll let you know. Yeah. Mm. Y'all bring beans? Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now you got everybody drooling. <laughs> this is what's good about being the pastor. <laughs> you know. <coughs> there you go, Donnie. Come on, my hands are clean. Clean as any other rednecks. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a secret to that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of burned. That's the best part. You want that crumb? <laughs> well, we won't keep you from the crumbs. Scrape the crumbs out for Jess when it's all over. All right, guys, I want y'all to turn to Matthew chapter 6. If you got your Bibles, if you don't, just listen. I'm not putting it all up on TV today because I've had to pull everything apart and stack it on the stage because of the construction we've done this week. And we'll be soon set up, set up enough that, you know, it'll be rolling real easy. In here, Matthew chapter 6, and I want you to look at verse 19. All right. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Y'all there? Yeah. Word of the Lord says, Lay up for yourselves, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where a moth and rust corrupts it, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, 
there will be your heart also. Now this is talking, I, I want you to, as I'm, as I'm reading this, and I want you to be thinking about how you live your life. Because this is directly dealing with, and this is straight out of the Sermon on the Mount. This is directly dealing with how you live your life, the, the, the values and the goals of your life. And, and the advice that Christ Jesus is given in this sermon is that you should not lay up treasures on the earth, but you should lay up treasures in heaven. Okay? And there's a whole thing about that that we might talk about someday about what that looks like, but you lay up treasures in heaven when you guys doing what you're doing on the group all week when you're taking care of each other. Jesus said, you'll not give somebody a drink of water in my name that I will not give you a reward in heaven for that. So all the good you do because that you have the spirit and light of Christ in you, you're laying up treasures in heaven. And there's a reward waiting for you. When you help your neighbor, when you encourage someone who's down in their, in their heart, when you lift someone up, any form of good that comes out of you puts a reward for you in heaven. And there's where... You want to be doing this so much that the value of your life is, if the value of you, if you, if the value of you is immaterial, if you gain the whole world and you own it all and you die, where is, where is your value? It's separated from you, okay? Though you've spent your life buying land that another dude's fisting to auction off and put a trailer park on. Okay, and you've put a huge amount of value on this piece of land, and it's your land, and, and you worked all your life tooth and toenail for it, and and it's your land now. I don't want nobody on it. It's my land, blah, 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 blah. And and you find yourself paying for it till the day, day you're dead, and then you'll die. And I watched the greediest man in the community I grew up. He wouldn't let... he. I, I got a lot of stories I could tell about this guy. But <laughs> but anyway, anyway, he had this spring of water right on the side of the road by his house. And we used to ride our bikes in the summertime. Well, we'd want to walk out there and get a, 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 a drink out of that spring. I'm talking about from here to that microwave off of the dirt road was a bubbling spring of water. He'd run us out of there, not even want us to reach in that spring. And get. We weren't out on his land. We were just out in the road ditch. He'd run us out of there. So we had... We had chunk his lawn full of rocks uh, at night. We had, we had, we had, my daddy, my daddy took a crap in that spring because that man was so mean. Uh, no joke. <laughs> and, uh, but as soon as that man's dead, you know, he was so greedy with his property. As soon as that man's dead, that was sold like that and divided up into three acre pieces and pretty much trailer park now. And, uh, uh, all of his life's works come to that. You know, it, it, it means nothing. It means nothing to where he's at now. So Jesus is saying, do some meaningful stuff with your life so that you got some stuff on over here. Don't just do the, don't just take the mass of your ability and the mass of your life and the mass of your time and apply it to material things. It might not hurt if you applied it to people. Because for one thing I'm interested in, is I want you guys to be my treasure in heaven. I don't want to be there by myself. 
my, some of my greatest treasures, my little red-headed grandma Zama. We went and got the night that Nick was in that car wreck and got her praying for Nick. And, you know, she's a fine woman of God. And she's there now. I got treasure there now, you know, and I've got a lot of people there now. And, you know, any, any of you there, any of you ladies have ever had a miscarriage or lost a child or anything like that, you got treasure in heaven, okay? So, so we want, but we can grow that, intentionally grow what we have in the kingdom, an eternal kingdom, that we don't die and leave. You brought nothing in, guys, you're taking nothing out. Came in naked, they might dress your body, but you're naked going out, okay? So... So the only thing that you take with you is what you've done and who you are and the mass of that. So he's, he's getting to that point there. But just as I'm reading this, think about the decisions about how you live your life, okay? It says the light of the body is the eye, okay? If therefore thy eye be single, which is folded, which... The word here in the Greek, which is actually written in, means if it be focused, if your eye be focused. Now, I got an opinion about this, all right? The way this thing, the way this scripture reads, you guys know that scripturally you have a third eye. Do you know this? That eye is probably what we call the pituitary gland in your brain. It excretes every hormone. It is the part of you, okay, there's a part of you where a physical world, because you're a physical creature, you got a body, a heartbeat, and you're a machine in some aspect, uh, uh, you're a machine that operates until it fails to operate. But you're also a spiritual being, all right? And, and what causes this dirt to live? I put you in a jar, I screw the lid on it in 100 years, I come back, there's dirt in it, but is the essence of you in that jar? No. No, the essence of you is, is, is something other than what would be in that jar. Like I said here a couple weeks ago, I could plant a tomato in the dirt that is you, and it would probably grow a tomato. Are you more than a tomato? Where are the thoughts of you, the, the source of you? All right, so, so uh, the connection between the real you, which is, which is a soul and a spirit, made into this physical world happens in this eye, this eye, this eye that connects you to the spirit world. It's not eyes. And, and when a lot of people read this, they think about these physical eyes, but listen to how it unfolds. The light of the body is the eye. It's the part of you that connects to the spirit world. If therefore thy eye be focused or single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay? So he's saying, he's really talking about how you live your life. Whether you're living your life with your spiritual connected to, to the light or to the darkness. That's really just what that scripture right there means. Are you connected to the light? Or are you connected to the darkness? Then Christ goes on, and these are words straight out of Jesus' mouth, Sermon on the Mount. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now this word mammon, 
is a Chaldean god. The Chaldean god that, that Christ is referring to actually in the Greek language called this Chaldean god by name. The Chaldean god was considered to be the son of Lucifer, okay? And the son of Lucifer's name was Mammon. Jesus is the word made flesh, okay? The word of God made flesh. The words that God speaks made flesh. That's what we're taught. Uh, God made flesh. God made flesh, okay? This, this God, Mammon, Lucifer made flesh, was considered to be the personification or wealth, the personification of wealth, the person of wealth the person of material, because Satan is the god of this material world, then his son naturally is the personification of that, and that's how that rolled in that old Chaldean worship. So really he's saying you cannot serve God and wealth at the same time. You cannot serve God, you cannot serve me and serve wealth at the same time, because it's going to tear you apart. And the most greedy people that we live with in the world are the richest people in the world. They have billions upon billions and trillions upon trillions of dollars. They, there is 50% of the world's population, 51% actually, I, in a study I read this week, of the world's population that live on less than $2 a day. Live on less than $2 a day. And then you got all of these up here with all of this wealth and all of this and we spent 6.5 to 6.8 trillion dollars in the Middle East in the last 10 years fighting wars. That same money could have solved uh, famine, poverty all over the world. But instead they used it to create wars with. Okay? So, so, so you got this decision to make about how you face your life and about how you live your life, and about what you want out of your life. Now, God has described your life as a gift, something he wants you to value. How valuable is your time? When you go to work and you work at a place of work, they're going to give you so many dollars, so much mammon for your time, okay? They're, and and you're, you're auctioning off your life, all right? So a lot of... A lot of uh, that has to be done. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat, but it don't mean you got to work for somebody else. You could just be working for yourself, but either way, we understand that we got to do something or we'll starve to death and die or live in a cardboard box on the street with those that don't. I get that. I get that. But that doesn't mean that you can't find a balance somewhere between access and actually what you need. You know, uh, I love uh, Kenny sarcastic. I love Kenny's sarcastic humor, uh, and he said, and 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 he was talking about land, and 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 I was we was having the conversation about how to get off the road and make it quicker, and and Kenny says, well, you know, I'm not a greedy man. I I don't want a whole lot of land. I only want the place next to me. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, okay, but when's it enough? You know, so, so uh, uh, how you live your life and those decisions is what we're dealing with here. And we're talking about 
having your having your mindset, your eye set, your life organized in a way that you understand who you're serving, and whether it's whether it's God or whether it's wealth, the God of wealth or the God of life. Okay, because now this is the advice that you're about to take away, and this is going to be completely and utterly unbelievable what God says, what Jesus says here. He says, therefore, because the, all of these things that I just read to you are, are said before this statement. Therefore, because you lay up treasures for yourself in heaven where, where they're good and not on the earth where they can be stolen, that you got these, these two ways you can face. You could be hooked to the light or hooked to the darkness or you can be hooked to a life where you're out to live your life or you can be hooked to a life where all you want to do is make money and be wealthy, all right? He says, therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what yet you should put on it. Is not life more than meat and the body more than clothes? Good question. And I love his analogy, the analogy of Christ Jesus. He says, behold, he's preaching off a mountain and I'm sure these birds are everywhere. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Think about this question that God's presenting to you. Birds don't know what they're going to be eating tomorrow. They don't got an ice box. They don't store it away. They, they, they make no provision for tomorrow. They have to leave the nest, leave the tree limb, and go find what God's put in the world for them. Okay? He says, just, just <clears throat> consider that. Now, I want you to consider that. How many, how many birds are there in the world? You guys ever drove through the bottoms and like trains of blackbirds for hundreds of miles? All those fields full of all those ducks and geese and and all the Kansas hills full of pe pheasants and all of Africa and all of Central America and South America and everywhere there's birds. Could you imagine the food bill for that? I spent $28 to feed eight chickens for a couple of weeks the other day. Could you imagine the food bill for the birds of the earth and, and it being your responsibility to feed them and get that food to them? It's impossible. That's impossible. And that's what God's wanting you to realize is that the impossible is possible. And if he's paying the food bill for them, and the Bible says he knows every one of them that dies and falls off a branch dead, and if he's paying the food bill for them, don't you think he'll take care of your food bill? Don't you think he'll take care of your, your, your clothes, your light bill, your stuff? Okay, so this is talking about a choice that we got to make as, as whether we can believe God's word or not. A choice we got to make in terms of in terms of uh, how we approach living our lives. Are we just wanting through greed to financially get ahead, or are we wanting to live the life that God has has designed for us and are given us? All right. So take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on it. Is not life more than meat, the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor do they gather into the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, are you not much better than thee? Which of you, which of us, 
by taking a thought can add a cubic, which is the length of my elbow to the tips of my fingers. That's how a cubic was measured, usually about 18 inches. Some might be two foot. Uh, <laughs> some might be less. Right? But which one of you can just by thinking about it add that length, measure that, and make yourself, you can't. None of you can. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to your height or your statue? And why take you thought for your clothes, your raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you, that even Solomon, who was the richest man and the wisest man the world will ever have in it, God said. I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these, was not as pretty as something that just grows up out of the ground. Wherefore, if God so clothed, clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you? And he says, O oh, you of little faith. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? Because that's what everybody's worrying about. Everybody's worrying about your future. Everybody's worrying about retirement. Let me tell you how the retirement system's set up and how the systems of the world is. They're going to let, especially you younger cats, they're going to make y'all go to y'all's about 75 now before y'all start drawing a little Social Security. Now, I, my old group, some could start drawing at 62, some at 65. What they want you to do is and, and put some money in the bank. Do you know why they want you to, to do without all of, the, all of the life you live? Don't go buy that. Put that in the bank and save it for your retirement. I have been alive 55 years in the world. I've been a pastor for 25 of those years. And what I've watched happen to everybody's savings that planned a life like that, what I've watched happen to it is it gets paid to the doctor and to the nursing home. And it gets paid for medicine and trips. And it just sucks everything a man because they, they got life set up to where you don't get to enjoy none of your savings until you're spending it. on. It's like you can travel the world. No, you can travel the world when you're young. Travel the world when you feel like it. Take vacations while you're your age and your age. And you, you kids don't. I'm telling you right the opposite of what the world's telling you. Live now. Live now. Go now. Travel now. Experience now. Because when you get 65, I'm 53, and I've, I've been a lot of places, guys. I've been in the tops of the Andes Mountains. I've bathed in the pools of Kaimarka. I've been in the caverns of of catacombs, I've been all over the place in this world, and I'm tired, and I don't feel like it now at 53. <laughs> I felt like it when I was your age, you know, doing it, but I don't feel like it no more. You know, and they're telling me to save up to do that stuff later? No, live now. Live now. Do you know what happens at the end of this? Uh, first of all, God is my doctor, and God usually takes care of every physical need that I have, and he's took care of some very serious ones right up to stage four anaplastic glioblastoma brain cancer that he healed out of my body 15 years ago, two days ago, no. 25th is 15 years. Four days ago was my anniversary, 15 years ago. Okay, so so God's my doctor, and and but what I see in our system is I see this guy because he's got no money, he gets the same treatment because he's got no money. They just give it to him.
But this guy that's got a farm and something he worked for all of his life, they're going to take the farm. They're going to take the farm. So, so this, is, this is the advice that Jesus has given is to be present in now and to live your life now because that's what you've got. And to make a decision that, to make a decision that the beauty of this day, the beauty of this creation that he give you, the sky, the trees, the creeks, the rivers, the, the people, the friends, the family, the community, your church, uh, uh, the, live now, not off out there somewhere. Goals are fine as long as those goals are not, de not demanding your now. Doesn't own your now. Okay? So, so he's telling you live now. Okay? Behold, which I'm going to drop back to 27. Always like building up. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to a statue? And why take thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies, how they grow and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which is today, is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For seek after all, for, for all those things do the Gentiles. And at this time, the Gentiles was everybody that wasn't a Jew, and they were just heathens, pagans, idol worshippers. This, this is all what they're doing. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. He knows you need a car. He knows you need a house. He knows you need electricity. He knows you, ever, he knows you need all of these things, all right? He knows it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So here's the paradox from the Sermon on the Mount that God is offering all of humanity, including everybody here. He says you can go out and become whatever you want to become. You can go out and you can worship wealth and you can make wealth and you can amass wealth. But if you're laying up your treasures in the earth, it's going to perish someday, okay? Or you can choose to lay up treasures in heaven and, and, and seek the righteousness of God and know God and do, this, and do this journey God's way, which means sometimes at some point we may have to put God in front of wealth, in front of, of uh, this concept of I can't because I'm too busy because of this, there's a parable Jesus tells in the New Testament and it, the father tells the servant. Jesus is telling a story like I'm telling right now. I'm going to tell Jesus' story to you. The father God tells the servant, I've made a great feast to go out and, and, and get those people who bid me. Go get those people I sent an invitation to. Go get those people and tell them to come to my feast and eat. And the servant went out and talked to, talked to, the, to the people that was bidden. And one of them said, oh, man, I can't. I just got married. And me and my wife's going on a honeymoon. I'm just paraphrasing. I just got married, and we've got, we've got to spend our wedding together. And so that servant come back and told, told the father, this one just got married. Another one comes back and says, from another, from another person that was bitten, another servant returns to the father and says, they say they're not coming because they just bought a piece of land and they need to go look at it, okay? And then, then the third servant comes back in and says, 
Oh, well, they just <laughs> they just bought a team of oxen. They're not going to be able to make it because they need to prove them or they need to try out their new team of oxen. So none of the people that were bidden, none of the people that the, that was an invitation was sent to come to the feast. All right, so, so the master of the feast makes this declaration. None of them then will eat off my table. None of them will eat off my table. They can go have their marriage separate from me. They can go have their land separate from me. They can go have their industry, those oxen, their industry, their career, separate from me. But they're not going to eat off my table. You see, everything was provided on the table already. Everything is provided on the table already. So he says, what I want you to do is I want you to go out now and get those who got nothing. And I want you to bring them to my feast. And I want you to, you know, put a robe on them. I want you to bring them to my feet. Go out and get the poor, the, line, the lame, the blind, the naked, the miserable. Go pull them out from the highways and the hedges. And you fill up my table because my feast will be full. So, so this parable is almost like what Jesus is teaching here. There's two ways to approach life. You can approach life and try to achieve so many things just on your own. And just... Just, you got that ability. God put the ability to go out and make wealth in you. God put the intelligence to go out and do what you do for, for a living or for whatever in you. And you can go out and do that, or you, can, or you can do the things of God first. What is the mission of God, okay? Uh, I'm just, I'm going to flip here a second away from this, and I'm going to flip right back to it. I'm just going to tell you, this was Jesus' first sermon. Stood up in a church, first day of ministry. And he stood up in a church, and he's announcing, he's announcing what he's showed up for. And I'm just going to read that moment to you. He's walk, he walks into, into, the, into the church, and he makes this statement. Uh, synagogue, he, he's up to read that day. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The highways, the hedges, the poor, the lame, the broken. Why? Because usually those that's got a lot of wealth got a lot of greed, and that's why, who they're serving. There's always a reason why they can't go. Not that there's not rich Christians. I know several of them. Several of them's why I'm here now, and several of them's who's supporting me in this endeavor I'm doing. And there was an, a deliver. let's see, the, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to captives, What's a captive? Somebody bound from anger because somebody done something to them years ago. Somebody bound with an inferiority situation because captive, you're in chains of some kind. Uh, words that's been spoken over you. Drug addiction is captivity. You know, all of those things you can be captive to. The recovering of sight to the blind, physical, physical issues like Luann's heart. And it needs to be physically adjusted and fixed. It comes out of the spirit. And to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. If you seek ye first the kingdom of God, and this is what Jesus done. And what he done was he put a priority on the people around him. And as he went through this world, his priority wasn't, am I, am I going to make the most money I can make? But instead, as he was off on his job, as he was, he was a carpenter, as he was off on his job and as he was doing his things, what, what his priority was was the person next to him. Is the person next to him okay? 
Is the person next to him whole? Is anybody in my radius need healing? Does anybody's life need touched? Does anybody need a word of encouragement? Jesus walked into the building and he looked at the expressions on everybody's <clears throat> face. He shut his mouth and he listened to what they had to say and, 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 uh, and tried to gain understanding from them. And he cared about the kingdom of God more than he cared about the work. And when it come to money, literally, he just went and got out of fish's mouth. All that he needed, he didn't really operate on money. Jesus didn't have a money system. He just let, I don't, I don't have a money system. All right. All right. Seek, but here's the deal. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Your father knows you have all need of these things. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So take, therefore, no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of the thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So don't worry about tomorrow. Right now we got enough to take care of today. Quit living off into some kind of I'm going to arrive at something that's going to make me happy. When I finally got the money saved up to buy that new fish finder, that live view, that, that's going to make me happy. You know, and, and not being happy from, <laughs> from the... <laughs> that's more than that usually. Uh, <laughs> I got I got three or four guys in here that's want anyway. <laughs> I'm talking right to their heart. <laughs> it's stabbing like a knife. Anyway, anyway, you got one, Donnie. Oh, he's already got his. That's right. That's called. He's young and that's called. Where's your boat That ain't even fair. Sitting there looking at that fish dripping it around in front of its lip. That's snagging. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, my point being, God's telling us to be present and not be off somewhere else. God's telling us to be aware of what, of what motivates us in life, of what, of what is motivating you in life and what you're trying to achieve. Life, guys, at this point is temporary. We're praying and hoping to arrive at eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. But we know short of his return, and we don't know whether that's happening in our lifetime or not, we know that right now it's temporary, which means it's coming to an end. Mortality is 100%. So God's saying, enjoy what you got. Ride the wave. Have fun. It's a gift. And I'm going to carry you through this, through this darkness when you leave here, and you're going to arrive at all of that treasure you've been laying up all of your life. Every good word of encouragement, every good deed done. Other day I had some guys and some people in this church roll into my yard with, with my winter's worth of wood cut on the back of a trailer. Here's your winter's worth of wood. You know what? Those guys, when they get to heaven, they're getting paid for that. I didn't, I didn't pay them for that. They're getting paid for that. They done that because they love me. They done that because I'm crippled in my legs. They done that because they probably see me running chainsaw. Because when, when I'm cutting my own wood, I have to sit, I have to stand on my knees and cut it after I after I fall the tree. I can't slide down a tree and step over limbs. So I'm just crawling all over logs, cutting it and stuff. I and I'll do it because I, I you know I'm I'm just gonna do whatever God do. <laughs> Man has to do what he's got to do. That's what my daddy told me. 
anyway, and, and that's how I've made it 53 years. But the reward is there. The life is there. It all comes from the heart. So everybody here needs to check on what motivates you. And if you can get to a place to what motivates you is what motivates God, healing people, the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captives, that announcement he made that he showed up to do. When we begin to do kingdom things all around us, when you begin to say soft words instead of damaging words to your neighbors and co-workers, and, and, and Solomon says, a soft word turneth away wrath, like if Earl were to get all mad at me or George were to get all mad at me and come get in my face and start thumping me in the chest and screaming. If I'll say a soft word, Solomon says, it'll settle George right down. You know, and if we, if, other than what's natural, because if George starts thumping on my chest, what's natural, what's going to want to be natural for me is to kick, kick his legs out from under him. Because no, I ain't going to hurt him on his feet. But if I can get him on the ground, we're even. You know, I'm cripple man. I'm If I fight you, I'm going to the ground with you. Because I ain't going to let you use your feet to whoop me. Soft words. Soft words. Soft words. <laughs> 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 Well, when you're old and you cripple, you got to have some strategy, man. You know this. <laughs> My buddy dove off two-story building here a few months ago, and, and, and life changes come to him. Uh, uh, it's hard, too, ain't it? It's rough. It's rough not being able to do what you once could. Yeah. That's what I have for you. I love you. I love you all. You all are created beautifully and wonderfully in the image of God. You all are responding to each other like the body of Christ. I have absolutely no complaints about where we're at in a year, about what's going on in this building, about the way that we're growing in the Lord's Word. I have absolutely no sorrow for starting this. But on the contrary, I think we're on to something real. And I think that it's what really uh, this type of church, this type of ambiance and atmosphere is what a lot of people's needing that can't make it in a regular church. You know, and the food ain't bad here either. I bless you all in Jesus' name. And I bless you to be blessed. I bless you when you raise up in the morning and I bless you when you lay down at night. I bless the health of your body. I bless the health of your mind. I, I, I bless the opportunities that lay before you. I bless the outcome of your efforts. I bless your children and your grandchildren after you. I bless your parents. I bless your community. I bless your material possessions. I bless your, your mammon, your money to go further. I bless your cars to last longer, the tires on them and the washing machine to run longer. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name to come to know him better, to grow closer to him every day. To, to become a better human, a better individual, and an elevated consciousness in you toward God, toward the world, and the Spirit of the Holy, Holy Ghost in you abiding continually. I bless you to have God near you, to have the angels surrounding you, to have the light on in your life so darkness don't get near you. And in Jesus' name, I pray, God, that you go with us into this week. You keep your hand of protection over us. You watch over us. You guide us with knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And, and get us back here to this table, Lord, next week so that we can grow some more, fellowship some more, who knows, maybe eat some more, and do all of those things. So, God, we're grateful. We're thankful. 
and, and want to recognize you as the source, and we want to do it through the blood and the name of Jesus Christ and in the person of Christ. I am in the person of Christ, Lord, standing before you and, and proclaiming that you're good and you've been good to me and you blessed me and I'm thankful for my clothes, my shoes, my food, my kids, my grandkids, my car, my land, my property, junk I don't even know I own. I'm thankful for it, God. And I bless you for it, God. And I give you glory for it, God. I also bless this food to the nourishing of our bodies. I bless the hands that made it. And uh, God, I, I hope that nobody gets sick or nobody overeats and uh, causes themselves misery and that it, 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 it holds out and goes as long as we need it to go and that the fellowship now is beautiful in Jesus.